Well, um, since we started recording, welcome uh, to the Troll Stone podcast, episode whatever in quarantine. Oh, we are right. actually so far into quarantine that um, Jackson um, put in an application and received a puppy <laughs> all during quarantine. You know what's funny is you actually did the exact opposite of Amy Cooper. Oh. She... Lost did a racist thing and then lost her dog. And yeah. you did a not racist thing and got a dog. Yeah. Well, she has no headphones on, but she is now a part of the Trolling Stone <laughs> ethos. It is Rosie Tatum. Does. Um, <clears throat> it might eat week old puppy. Um, she is a um, Labradoodle. I know, she's so cute. She is a Labradoodle which means she's hypoallergenic. She hasn't shed one bit in the whole house, which is amazing. Her hair is super, her fur is like super soft. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like almost like like conditioned human hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of thin, but um, she's actually been really, really good. Uh, so last night was our first night with her. And so we, well, we had to go out to Western Mass, even past Springfield and Amherst, pick her up. Um, where are you going? Um, breeder's a little kooky. Like yes, breeders, we've, we've discussed. That <laughs> like. So, and with COVID, like, she's, like, super on top of all of it. So she basically, like, Sarah, uh, my girlfriend got out of the car, and, uh, oh, shoot. But you were able to hear me, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't, you know how I told you, like, if I push this up, like, it mutes itself? Okay. It, it wasn't, though. Um, so uh, my girlfriend gets out of the car, and she's like, okay, that's far enough. And she's like, put the crate down. And then we like, we, like she starts talking with her and she goes, oh, is your, like, is your like husband in the car? And she was like, well, it's my boyfriend. Yeah. She was like, oh, like he needs to hear this. And so I like step out and she goes, but you need to be in the car. Like, I don't want two people standing out in my yard. I'm like, well, okay. And so I'm like baking in the sun in my car, my girlfriend and the, the breeders in the shade. And I'm like hearing all this. And she's like, she d- does say how like super calm um rosie is and she is she's like super she's a little shy um super laid back she's been having some difficulty outside um she's great inside she wants to jump up and play and but takes a lot of naps and does everything that like a typical puppy would puppies nap a lot um but outside she's like tucked underneath both of our feet hey don't bite that or she's tucked underneath both of our feet and like you got to walk away for her to like get the picture and be like okay like i'll like leave or I'll, I'll go to the bathroom and, or walk with you. Um, she, we've been today, she pooped twice today, I think. But like, that was like at the very beginning of the day. I think she pooped twice. She pooped so once, yeah. Pooped you're once on the timer. Yesterday. Yeah, I know. I feel like we almost right before recording, we <clears> thought she was pooping sides. So we tried to run around being on like the second floor. It's been like such a hassle. Like I got to like run yep. down it, like, a, like one of two flights of stairs to like, get her outside and then she doesn't have all of her vaccines yet so we've been like you have to avoid other dogs for a little bit like basically mm-hmm. basically other dogs poop because like they could get real sick like deathly sick so we've been like going in this weird random spot like on like our street not even like in our backyard or in like the park behind our house so but um she'll get her vaccine her second round of vaccines tomorrow she'll lighten up maybe we'll take her out into the backyard um, for a little bit to go bathroom, just make it easier. Um, 
but she's been great. She slept through the night, a little bit of whimpering, but didn't do a single accident. We only had to take her out twice, one at one in the morning and one at five in the morning. Just like not yeah, bad. I mean, like, yeah. What time does Sarah have to be up for work? Like eight. So, I mean, that's like perfect. Five, yeah. you wake up. It's like the, oh shit, I still have three hours to sleep. Exactly. Go yeah. do it. For the first night though, I was like super, like I could barely fall asleep. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. She was actually in our room with us with the, the crate and everything. So she was whimpering. She like did a little yips and barks just to get her attention. But then she would like basically tucker herself out after like yeah. five minutes and it was all good. But she's super lovable. She always wants to be near us. Um, again, the bathroom's a hit or miss. Like she did really well yesterday. Awesome last night. And today she's like, she's pissing me off. But no, she's great. <laughs> I have two she's questions. Really, she can sit now too. I, you did tell me that. That's big. Yeah. Like, she does it every time, or she can? She can. You gotta be, I, like, basically trick her with a treat. Like, I've been doing treats. I'll probably do more tonight um, with, like, oh, treat, and then she'll sit for it. And it's been also, like, when she approaches you, if you call her name, she'll come over and then sit right away, too. It's Ooh. not just, like, saying sit, too. But um, I've been tricking her, like, putting just a hand out pretending I have a treat in it and then she just does it. And then I have no treat, but like give her rubs. So she gets used to it. She's got to get used to her crate a little bit, but no, she's been excellent. It's weird. I I have a weird, I have a weird feeling. It's like, okay, now I'm just really, really responsible for something. Like it's like responsibility outside of my own being. Yes. Like I would take care of like my dad's dog, but like that's my dad's dog. And she's already crazy trained. She's barely. Yeah. And also like it's fucking Layla. Like, yeah. So um, this one is like, yeah, uh, there's a little like uh, anxiety. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's going to take a little bit for that. Go. It's like, it's like neither of us having had a child. Um, it's kind of like having like a quarter of a child. Mm. Like, it's like. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's practice. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's like, the run. it's the beta for a child. Um so my three questions. The first mm. one is, does she bark? So no, she will whimper like a little. Mm-hmm. And last night and a little bit when we we're outside, she'll like whimper herself into a bark, basically. Oh, okay. and so actually she did one little like yip this morning, I think, when we were playing with her. But it was out of like playing. She has not once like growled or like, <sighs> yeah, or like tried to like, like aggressively bite some maybe she aggressively tried to bite once and we like nip that in the butt her big thing is with sarah especially and um, my girlfriend she'll like jump up on her all the time mainly Ooh. because <clears throat> here, i'm gonna put her back in the other room mainly because when we picked her up our crate was i guess too big for the breeder's liking and so she was just like you basically have to um you basically have to hold her the entire two basically two and a half hours yeah (laughs) and so she got super attached to my girlfriend like wanting to be like that all yesterday when we had her we basically we brought her home around three and not until her bedtime at eight like eight nine she was she like always like our and then she got used to me this morning we had a great time we were like playing a lot early early morning her her schedule is um wake up at like seven go outside after this is like when we had to do the five o'clock wake up to let her outside one last time before i went back to bed woke up at um seven to let her out had breakfast at seven thirty. let her out 
and then we've been playing we played from like played in like on and off rest from like 7 30 to like 11 30 and then i was like you know what like we're gonna she chill like my girlfriend was upstairs like or doing her first half of the day we were just chilling played a little bit she i she was like chill again jumping trying to jump up on the couch that i'm on and i would just go like off she's off on the ground like she'll listen to that she likes she, she's definitely like tones and less of like off on yes sit she's more like she'll hear a tone and be like oh shit and <laughs> my bad like we've been doing she, <clears throat> she, she just today started biting um a little bit the um coffee table and it's immediately like no and she's like oh, okay i gotcha she's like i won't do that again my bad how yeah. quickly um or how soon until you are gonna train her how to get beers for you um well like again like i want having the really stupendously trained dog for a sister that is layla and my dad's dog yeah. like i want to out beat like the competitiveness in me i like i want to have a better trained dog than Layla, <laughs> which is really hard because she's a fucking bomb squad dog like the pinnacle of training Very, uh, she failed it, but um so i'm like i like a little bit of anxiety is like oh my dog's my dog doesn't know sit by day one like i'm a failure so it's like <laughs> so um i'm saying at the pace I'm going right now, maybe next week she's getting me this. <laughs> she, can't, she can barely even fit them in her mouth, but she'll get them to me. She'll figure it out. She's super smart. I honestly, she's kind of smart. Like she picked up sit pretty easy again with that little trick. She um, she like got the bathroom stuff down, and I just think it's pretty like a uh, like um, she's pretty smart to like. Basically, in her crate, she's not going to go to the bathroom, which is a big thing that, like, happens yeah. to a lot of dogs. It's, like, they don't want – if they understand that crate is where I go to bed and that's my personal space, I'm not going to go to the bathroom in it. But since yeah. we didn't take her home in the crate, she's kind of, like, not used to it. She's Her longest time, obviously, was gotcha. last night. Yeah. So I'm going to, like, probably later today, got to train her and be, like – this is where you go. Like, this is your crate. I'm trying to like lay her down near the crate to like get her used to like looking at it and everything. And then it's going to be like throwing treats in there, having her close the door, throwing treats in, having her like enjoy it. And then she'll like be okay. Yeah. Cause right now she kind of doesn't like the crate. I wouldn't either. Yeah, exactly. Um, final question. Um, did she, was she previously named Rosie or did that <clears throat> you picked that one? Up. Yeah, that's us. Her Did name, consider- her name was, her name was Tur- Turquoise Caller. Was her name? Okay. Did you consider the fact that I will call her Jake Rosenthal for the rest of her life? Did that cross your mind? It's it's not like Rosie, like the nickname we gave the Jewish kid in the high school. It's Rosie Tatum. Like that's like I agree, but I'm still gonna call it's. I already had a, a friend from <clears throat> Pennsylvania who actually lives in in Mass. Go like, oh, I knew you would name your dog after me one of these days. He's like a kid that like lives out in the East Long Meadow. He's like, oh, he's like, I love it, dude. Um, how did that? How did the naming process go? Well, my girlfriend came up with an extensive list of, um, I'm gonna be honest, pretty shitty names. <laughs> um, and I came up with my very short, simple, and amazing list of Tatum. Tatum. <laughs> um, and I, 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 there was some bargaining, you know, that could have happened yeah. with my list. But, um, and then it was kind of like, I thought back to like the dogs of like 
my childhood that I had that I liked and like that were like around the neighborhood and Bendy, Bendy's uh, like basically one of the first dogs that I like loved that wasn't my own was Bendy's Golden Lab, um, Rosie. Okay. She was a lot older when like like <clears throat> I, like I would uh, myself go up the street to go play with our friend, and Rosie was always milling around like his he had a big horse paddock at the end of our street, and she was like she controlled that entire horse paddock. Mm-hmm. The, there they had at times like six horses on their property, goats, chickens, and Rosie ran the roost. Like she was like all that in a fucking bag of chips. And like the horses would be scared of her. And she was like older too. So she'd be like, not like sprinting around, but just like, you know, like a pimp walk. Strolling. Like, yeah. Strolling, she was strolling. Just like looking at everyone be like, you better watch out horses. <laughs> you bitch. <clears throat> I just, I, I ask you because when you inevitably have kids, you can't get bullied into bad names. As like a, in, in like a couple cents, like the yes. husband, wife, like you need to like, pick, oh yeah, yeah, we already know. I need your kids the list to have of dog names, names. The list of dog names that she has on her phone is a completely separate document compared to the child <laughs> names she has on her phone. What Do you know any of them off the top of your head? Yeah. She'll let me know like every yeah, other. I came up with yeah. Yeah. Surprise guest, my girlfriend, yelling at me <laughs> for something you didn't do. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the child, the the kid, the human list is separate from the dog list. Give and me like, one off the top of your head. Azalea or something. <laughs> Oatmeal. I don't know. Well. <laughs> It's something crazy like that. <clears throat> there's, I, I will tell you what, there's no Johns on her list. Okay, good call. Yep, no James, none of that. Um, I also, I forgot to bring this up before we started, but I think I'm going to give us a theme song. Hey. Picture this, I'm a bag of tits. I'm sweating uh, my tits off right now. Yes. Like, this is the getup I have right now. Oh, my God, dude. It's a good look. You should rock the crop top more often. It's because my back is really sweaty. It is like, so I need to go pick up ACs from my um, original house uh, this weekend. And I kind of just don't want to make the trek, like, today. Like, I really could, but I just don't want to. Um, so I'm waiting until Saturday when we make the rounds with the dog. <clears throat> the houses and everything but um let's actually let's get into this um yeah um so the trolling stone podcast is brought to you by x marks the spot have you been looking for a unique marker to remember your buried treasure by come on down to x marks the spot on jolly rogers pier we have everything from empty rum bottles marked with an x to a hologram of dmx performing x go and give it to you whether you're using our trinkets to mark the spot of your treasure or remind you where it's hidden we promise you'll return to a full chest um, thank you, X Marks the Spot. So, Duncan, I have actually, uh, before we even got sponsored, I was using um, this company because um, most of the time, you know, uh, stuff happens. Uh, as a teacher in my line of work, you know, bodies show up, allegedly. <laughs> so I need to go about and just uh, allegedly dispose of these alleged um 
carcasses. Um, and I, I got so much going on. I got the dog. We got the podcast. I got my teaching gig and everything. And I just I forget. So um, most of the time after I allegedly bury a corpse um, under the freeway near Route 1, um, I go right down to Jolly Rogers Pier. Uh, I go to X marks the spot. I bing, bang, boom. I'm in and I'm out. And so when, you know, it finally pops up missing persons on Channel 5, I know I went to X marks the spot. I know where I buried that corpse. Let's move it. Just lead him off the trail. So my question is, do you get items to keep in your home to remind you of that? Or do you get, yeah, they actually, to put, um, so do you just have like a shelf of all of the alleged bodies that you've buried? Yeah, it's not a big shelf. Uh, I will, I will brag. It's not a big shelf, but um, they, um, I'm a VIP member. I have a little punch out card. I've gotten to where they just give me a call. They just go, I kind of like, it's like a, it's almost like a, I, I, I text corpse. <laughs> to um 810 810 and they let me know like oh you know jackson you it's off the freeway Route one <laughs> by the big y and I'm like, oh. perfect yep nailed it well that's fantastic thank you to x marks the spot they've been treating us well for years so we minutes before we hit the record button we're talking about music news um, I know, Donkey, you got a lot. The only thing that I can, um, you know, spearhead is um, like New York, New Jersey post-punk dude Jeffrey Rosenstock uh, released a new album just out of like nowhere. Um, I did do a little bit of like um, researching uh, when he uh, like I had he just without warning was just like, bam, Thursday, no dream, whole album, 45 <laughs> minutes long. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. So I like was pumped listening to it. It's good. Um, definitely like typical kind of like hardcore DIY garage band stuff. Did a little research. It he used to be a part of uh, a separate like group called um, I have it right here called uh, Bomb the Music Industry exclamation point. Um, again, just another DIY punk band. And uh, he branched off, and it was when in, in 2016. He got super political. Really, he says the inspiration of him for making um, his own music, aside from his band, is because Trump was elected. He was just like, I, he's like, I have too much thoughts in my head and I hate what's going on in America. So I'm just going to, um, through, you know, hardcore music, put out like the messages I want. And they're pretty um, socially, like, like politically aware. Um, he does talk a lot about like, um, uh, you know, PC culture a little bit. He's got some songs that are definitely about like um, just kind of like the abuse that happens in America a lot. Um, there, the tagline for this album was New York's most anxious pop punk delivers hook after hook on an album that deals with evergreen sociopolitical concerns, yet sounds like it could have been written 30 minutes ago, which is like, if you listen to Jeff Rosenstock, that's totally him. It's like him just uh, <laughs> spewing his heart out yelling and just like choppy guitars, but it all kind of comes together and sounds great. And he always finds that like, he'll just be screaming in a verse. And then the chorus is like, Oh yeah. Like this is like a, such like a great hook. Sounds great. So, uh, he put out an album, no dream. It's pretty good. Nike Nike's is a pretty good track. And, uh, Ohio turnpike is a good tr uh, track too. You said, how the fuck do you spell his last name? Rosen R O S E N stock S T O C K. 
Speaking of Rosie. Uh, it's under... You have almost said Rosenthal. <laughs> well, same, same. Same, same. But different. Um, I'm going to have to check that out. That seems seems like... Yeah, his other stuff, too, is... is um, like, some of them are just pretty much, like, he's got a song called, like, Hey, Allison, which is just about a girl. Um, and he's got another, like, it's called Festival Song. It's some pretty good, like, hooks in it and everything. But then, like, if you if you listen more deeply to, like, you know, his little bit more, like, undercuts, he'll, like, he gets pretty political. Like, again, that 2016 one is basically all about, like, Trump's America. Yeah. Um, the only other music news that I have, I don't have a whole lot on that subject, Um I think we should start planning these out a little better so that I we both listen to things. But like, who knows? This We're doing our best week. here. Yeah. Um, the only other big music news was that Gunna dropped his album. Wanna very creative, just changing one letter. Uh-huh. Uh, I gotta give him give him props for that. But how does he spell that? W U N N. Yes, correct. <laughs> it should be. Um, we just gotta start calling him Wuna, not Wanna. Wuna. Una. Yeah, like you're from fucking Philadelphia. Uh, I'm drinking some water, listening to a Wuna. <laughs> um, but that brings me to something I wanted to talk about, which is that rappers are doing whippets. That is a big thing right now. And that seems to take you by surprise, so I'm assuming you haven't seen it. Kinda. The, the last time I saw... Not in person, like on my phone. Someone doing a whip it. It was on TikTok, and it was like a really sketchy, like trailer trash, like yeah. girl on yeah. TikTok or something. Yeah. Do it. No, that's who does whippets. Whippets are a crackhead drug. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. were talking about this last night. If you like, if you've done whippets once, like whatever. But yeah. like, if you do whippets, you are a yeah. fucking weirdo. That's like the drug of choice. That's like you. Most of the shit on TikTok. It's like weird, like, yeah, country pumpkin people. It's just like chilling by the campfire with a, a PBR and a can of Whippets. And you're like, <laughs> and it's, it's a Thursday night, Thirsty Thursday. I'm chilling. It's just like, no, like Whippets aren't chill. No, there's nothing chill about Whippets. The only other sector of society that does Whippets is like, and I don't think they call them Whippets, but um, like festival people. Yeah, 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 like more like EDM, like I'm going to Burning Man, like I got uh, a shoebox full of little whippet canisters and everything, which is... I won't say names because that would be inappropriate, but I was once at someone's house who went to high school with us, and they were like talking, blah, 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 and it was like a bunch of random ass fucking people, I don't really know why I was there, and... I remember he just goes, oh, yeah, like, we're just going to get a tank of nitrous for the festival next week. And he's like, we're just going to, like, sell some balloons, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It's just like, that was, <laughs> I, was like, I remember, like, yeah, having conversations <laughs> with him and being like, come on, dude. Like, like, I love you, but, like, be better, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And back then, like, 2013, 2014, we were in high school, and that was, like, only meth heads did whippets. It was yeah. like, oh, I'm not a lot of meth. I guess I can suck yeah. on this can of whipped cream. We were all like, at that point, we were still like, if we heard someone like had done cocaine, we were like, oh, oh, oh. Where are you going with your life, bro? And now it's like fucking every other person you know has done coke. So like, whatever. Um, but yeah, so like that whole like squad, like um, Lil Baby, Gunna, Thugga, all of them are just doing whippets. 
honestly, like, yes, I'm surprised that, like, of kind of high profile, maybe not the highest of profile, but they make money off of rapping. Yes, like quite a bit. Are just, like, sinking that low to doing whippets. Yeah. Like, and, but if you were to say which of these rappers and you gave me a list of 40 rappers does whippets, I probably would have pulled out like at least one of those three names. Yeah. Yeah. Probably I would be like, mm, little baby. <laughs> well also dude, like I've heard insane stories about like how young thug functions in his day to day life. Like he will know. go on like allegedly, I don't, this is from memory and I don't know how true the article was, but he will go on like three day benders where he's just like doing every fucking drug. Like he's doing Molly. He's drinking that. lean. He's smoking weed the whole time. He's drinking like just I can, everything. I can believe the lean and the smoking weed and like, you know, getting tipsy off the Henny, but like going as, as crazy as what I would assume you're getting like, yeah, crazy whippets. And like, I would assume also like Molly and ecstasy. And he's just like chilling in like he's just like I don't know he's at a top golf on Molly. I feel like that's where all rappers go when they're like fucking lit, like, go to top golf and like fuck around. Um, I can see yeah like lean drinking and smoking weed and that's like a three day thing because it's like what else though you gotta fucking do? You already dropped your album and right yeah. now we're in Corona and you can't go up have a concert. <clears throat> just go on a bender. But like well, yeah, this going... was like even not during bender yeah. times. This was like years ago. He just operates where he stays up for three days and then he sleeps for like a day and a half and then he stays up for three days. That's so fucked. Like, yeah. Like, and he's also like, we he's, won't see him in 2030 if that's the way it's going. A huge gambler, but like not oh. sports gambling. Like he'll just stay up for Bro, three days and pay, play like poker and craps. He'll just shoot dice for like days at a time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. If he just books a hotel at the fucking. I don't even know the Mirage the Vegas and gets and yeah. just like literally doesn't re- like doesn't recollect anything he does. Yeah, no. He's gambling when he's like fucking turnt and doesn't understand anything. But um, yeah. So what are you doing, guys? I think that's the segment we're doing. Yeah. What are you doing? Like yeah. Honestly, still, even like in today's climate, like weed is so much more accessible and there are so many other drugs that are like basically have got now turned into like, it's okay to do them. Whippets isn't on that list of drugs. No. It's okay. To do. Mushrooms is for certain on that list of drugs. Yeah. So like, yeah, do some mushrooms. I would even say like, you know, doing Molly when you're, when you go to a casino, mm-hmm. I could see doing that. Like microdosing that shit. But yeah, like it's just like, you know what I'm going to do? Like, it's definitely like has gone through young thugs. You know I'm going to do, I'm going to take a lot of whippets and I'm going to go go-kart racing. It's like, be better. Be better. Um, other music news is that the Marshall Mathers LP turned 20 last week. I believe it was, oh no, it was on Sunday. Yeah. I did see everything on the weekend. Yeah. Um, which is crazy just because I remember that was like, like I would argue that for a lot of us, that was like one of the first rap albums we probably listened to. Yeah, I know M, Eminem, like, doesn't want to be... Uh, what I, like, gathered from Eminem when he I first, like, got into him, <clears throat> I was like, oh, he doesn't like commercial. He doesn't want to be commercial. He's, like, a hardcore, like, uh... He love, a lot of his songs are making fun of other people that have a lot of money, but that, the Mar- Mather, the Marshall Mathers LP was literally the most commercial shit 
Yeah. Ever. Like yeah. there's so many songs off of that one. There's like Stan and the real Slim Shady. I'm back. I'll kill you. I think. Yeah. Drug ballad. Uh, Amityville. Amityville criminal. Like though, like at least four of those songs, there are music videos that were on MTV, like constantly. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. how I found out. I, I was, it was probably, I don't even know, like salt or one of our friends that was like, Oh, like the real slim shady. Huh? Like that song was like funny to listen to. Yeah. You know, when we're in like middle school and it's just like, Oh, <laughs> like, okay. But it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's crazy to, that was definitely one of like the first rap albums or rap artists that like I could recognize, like just by listening and be like, Oh, like that's, that's Eminem. I 100% can vividly remember walking to like sixth grade in the morning and just bumping the real Slim Shady, like yeah. vividly. And then like, like toy soldiers, mm-hmm. um, just all the, that was, I, I think my overarching point is just that like Eminem was one of the first artists, like rap artists that all of us really got into. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, my, my mom so big at that time, my mom knew who Eminem was and knew yeah. like yeah. she, and like, you know, it would be on the radio. Be like that's Eminem. I know for a fact that that's Eminem. Yeah. And then, like, I play any other, like, shit for her. And she's just like, she goes, oh, I don't. she's like, one, I don't like this, and I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just shout out to. Um, he was, I would say, like, for me, he was definitely like, the most accessible, like, early on when I really didn't want to get into rap. I did listen to him because he yeah. was just like, it was easy to listen to him. Yeah. And it was so big. It was such, like, a, exactly. a cultural moment. And, like, everyone was on it. So it was like, oh, I guess I got to hop on. And he was someone who, if you were like, he does whippets, I'd be like, yep, that makes sense. He probably has done a lot of whippets in his day. Like Slim Shady M, yeah, he definitely yes. does whippets. Big whippets guy. <laughs> Not, I don't think, is, is M, is he sober now? Yeah, he's been sober for a while. Because yeah. he had, remember he had relapse, and then he had recovery, and then I think there was an, he relapsed another time, but like didn't make an album about it. And yeah. Yeah. So, um. Shout out to being sober, I guess. I don't know. That's just Shout not out. me, but whatever. Um, the only other thing that I want to talk about as far as music, do you have anything you want to wrap up on? Are you, what are you about to get into? RTJ? Uh, no, yams. So good All thing right. you brought that um, up. On Twitter, for one of, the, one of the few times I sent it to Duncan before he sent it to me. <laughs> Yeah, RTJ Run the Jewel is dropping RTJ four in uh, Ju- June fifth, right? Yeah, yeah, is dropping it June fifth, and like it was like two full days where all I saw was LP like tweeting yeah. about the album or, or tweeting something. So many people on Celtics Twitter were like <clears throat> tweeting him. So like you and myself and so many of like our other friends are. So like I'm. This is probably the most hype I'll be for an album. Like I think specifically so for yeah for especially for Run the Doodles album because I feel like yeah. in the past they've done it very much as like a they sort of don't hype it up a lot and then they sort of just drop it and they're like here you go um, but I feel like this one they really like they've they've hyped this one up yeah and remember we're only like a few more projects away from having that like child that is then going to make an album rtj8 is supposed to be the child that the, yep. that the two of them are supposed to have and then <laughs> rtj9 is supposed to be the album that the child made <laughs> so we'll have to see where it goes from here <clears throat> something tells me they're not just going to like stop making music <clears throat> no, i mean why would they they have like, so much fucking fun together dude their whole like like album process is they go to like a fucking 
cabin in a like a studio yeah. in a cabin and then they do mushrooms and smoke weed and drink the whole time yeah and they just like have fun best friends yeah like do they do whippets they uh, i would say i wouldn't be shocked if maybe LP, for one song on the album they'll do if it lp whippets. told me he had done whippets once i would be like i'm not shocked but i don't think they do whippets yeah they're not whippets guys they're um, awesome. But the my conspiracy about ASAP Yams is that yeah. ASAP Yams' death was like a setback in the progress of rap for a little bit, yeah. but it wasn't necessarily like a terrible thing. Maybe it needed to happen, but like if you think about at that time, ASAP Rocky, ASAP Ferg were both blowing up because that mm-hmm. was fresh off of when did he die? Like, right, he died right around, like, Work Remix, right? Yeah, that was, like, 2013 he died. Yeah, yeah, well, we were, like, seniors. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> so, like... If Rocky had already been, like, a big thing, like, he had, you know... It was kind of coming up. He was yeah. riding that Work Remix. And that Ferg, song with yeah, Future. just that remix. And maybe um, Shaba came out, too. Shaba was out yeah. for Ferg. Yep. Um, and then Schoolboy was, like affiliated with them like i know like they had like kendrick and like all them they all sort of like cross-pollinated and stuff and then yams died and i feel like ferg hasn't put out anything of note since that no rocky's kind of fallen off a little bit yeah uh, yeah i mean like he'll do his shit with tyler but it's like i feel like rocky won't do anything unless tyler's doing something exactly and then like Tyler's very hit or miss by putting like he put out whatever he did igor but like I haven't literally heard a single thing. Like not even like him like tweeting being like I'm working on stuff or No, he's like here's my new like golf merch line. Yeah. Um TDE definitely took a huge hit with that like cuz I mean like yeah. Then Kendrick put out fucking like um Humble and that whole album and everything but like again that was far few and far between when Yams died. Yeah. Um, I think Kendrick is a little bit excluded because I think he's so like upper echelon. Yeah. That, like, I mean, he's probably due for another album sometime soon. But I mean, like, Schoolboy had like what probably two good albums after Yams died, and then that was like his last album was kind of garbage. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I think then like all that was like the emergence of SoundCloud rappers. Like. Yeah. Like they kind of started falling off, so everyone was like, "We gotta, we need, we want something else to listen to." Yeah, and I, I, I think you're right. You said at the beginning that it definitely hurt hip hop a little bit that EMS died, but that like there's some like it may have led to things like if Yams dying led to um, mumble and SoundCloud rap coming out, like it's not a terrible thing. But um, say he he didn't. And we had a couple more years of great music. And then right now we are having the upcoming of like SoundCloud and mumble rappers or whatever. Um, I don't know if that's the best time to have like right now, if we're getting all that new stuff and we had like some great college years of great Rocky and Ferg and Yams like music. But like, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Like if Yams didn't die, like we could have had like some real good shit. Not to say that we didn't get good shit, but like, could like the 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 potential that could have happened. And I also I feel like um, 
SoundCloud rappers have like progressed to a certain point now where there's like a certain standard for that. But I feel like if Yams hadn't died, none of the shitty SoundCloud rappers that we've had the past handful like Bobby of years. And... I wouldn't even say Bobby Shmurda, rest, or free Bobby Shmurda, first of all, always. Well, But um, like the bar would have been raised for SoundCloud rappers coming up. And so we wouldn't you... have had to slog through all the shitty ones. So here's a, maybe like a, a, case, a case study we can look at. Do you think if Yams was alive, Lil Yachty would have had a career? Because he seems like a flash in the pan. Now he that does, we're like, and I think we now talked that we're in 2020, and you know what? One night came out in 2015 or something. Yeah, dude, like, that was like a while ago. And then broccoli with uh Yeah, broccoli with Dram, but Dram is like Dram is doing shit before. Like Dram is not associated too much with all them, but like Dram would have made it on his own without. Yeah, he's fucking good. But that's a good question. I. I have to say yes. I think he would have. Yeah. Because I think that didn't he kind of come up because of Rocky? Because he's on yeah. the the ASAP Mob albums. Yeah. But do you think like Yam still being there, Rocky wouldn't have gone looking for SoundCloud rappers? No, because I think they always were on the lookout for like shit. I think you have to be if you're in that kind of spot. And yeah. I think that was like that was how Yams found fucking all them. Found was, was on the lookout. So like that was like their whole like business was to be like looking out for people. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my conspiracy theory. I like it. No, I like I, like it it felt like a Reddit thread. It felt like yeah. I had an idea and I didn't do any research on it. And then I was just like, and You were gonna... waiting for other people to comment on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, definitely bring this up to other people, see what they say, and then report back. This could I'm be gonna... your Reddit. This could be our thread right here, this podcast. I'm going to ask the homeless guys that always stand on the street and yell below our apartment. And then they just stab you. Yeah. No, I'm going to shout down from the balcony. I don't want any physical contact with them. (laughs) Social distancing. Um, Um, We're going to move on to our... Pat Nozzle. Oh, Pat Nozzle. Fuck. You're right. Um, we don't have to go like crazy into it or anything, but last episode I had watched it and I didn't get too much into the Patton Oswalt stand-up special on Netflix, but Duncan finally watched it. So you being the most recent, what, what did you think? This I, is... I prefaced last episode that it's like, he's got his own thing and there's like, it's, uh, his stand-up is pretty unique compared to like what's happening in stand-up right now. Yes. Um, one of my conundrums that occurs when we talk about these such people, um, Jerry Seinfeld, Patton Oswalt, people of that echelon, mm-hmm. is that I really, really like them as people and as like actors, as mm-hmm. guests on podcasts, but I don't always, I'm not always like blown away by their stand-up. Yeah, there were definitely and times with this one I was like, eh. One of the things I noticed about Patton was that um, he has a very safe brand of humor. And it's something yeah. I've noticed coming out recently. And I think, I think it's sort of that like older generation, like the slightly older generation of Tom, Burt, Joe, Ari, mm-hmm. all those people, where... They just, they're so used to making, like, being able to do, like, political commentary, do jokes like that, 
And then PC culture came along and yeah. they sort of were like, oh, fuck, like we need to find our audience and then um, like, uh, yeah, sort of make sure that we're aiming our content at them yeah, and making those jokes. Um, exactly. Because, they found their niche and they're going to play to that. Exactly. Um, there were a couple of jokes like Patton made like a it was like not a Trump joke per se, but it was like in the yeah. vein of regarding the presidency yeah. and everyone was just like, woo, ha 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 ha. Yeah. And I was like that you're just kind of pandering. And then, yeah, yeah, he is pandering. And then, but then as soon as he got into the me too movement, it's about three fourths of the way in lost the whole crowd. Yep. We got him back at the end, but like so many people are having jokes about it. And I don't think his me too movement jokes had a lot of, um, substance to them. Yeah. It was either a little bit of what everyone else has been saying, like, oh, I hope it doesn't happen to me. Ha ha ha. And I like then says like an outlandish, like very like he's he would never would have done that like thing like, oh, like I've been doing that for years doing that. And like it's like a high extreme hyperbole um, example. But then like then they'll try to get real serious and be like, you know what? I really love what these women are doing right now. It's like, dude, everyone's been saying that. So it's yeah. like if you're going to make a joke about it, either like piss some people off i think he lost some people because he was in a very like conservative place Mm -hmm. i think or like or or it could have been the opposite he was in like a too liberal place and they're like you can't say that about me too movements like they're doing so i think he lost some people there but then yeah also i think he continued on to it and he then just continued to have hollow non-substance jokes that were like i'm like okay like i've heard this before or like i don't like there doesn't need to be a commentary on it. Yeah, no, like it would just like, and then he made one joke where like the punchline was like, I don't want to have something that was like rape adjacent. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a safe punchline. I know. Yeah. And and I don't think many people joked at, like laughed at that either. But then like Tom and Bert are always just like, I know I'm going to piss some people off with this. Yeah. They're kind of pushing yeah, like Tom has bits about like retard, like he has he, he essentially all but says the N word on stage in yeah. one of his specials. He yeah. just sort of <laughs> He talks like, about like his mom like dying and shit and like like pounding other mom yeah, he does everything, yeah. but and people find that it, he's found his niche, but there are still those people that will go to his show that really may not know Tom and still die laughing because they're like this is shit that I wouldn't even say in front of my friends, but I find it so hysterical. Yeah. Patton is definitely playing it way too safe. And he has identified his audience and he's just, he's only making comedy for them. Exactly. And I think he stepped a little bit too far with the me too stuff. Cause not many people like that. Like that was a misstep by him. Yeah. Do you think at the beginning the, he, so he is, he does a little bit of storytelling and he does a little bit of like observational, like hypothetical stuff. And he blends that really well together. Like, I think the longest and most memorable joke. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he scared the shit out of me. Oh, my God, that scared me. <laughs> that was hilarious. I saw it coming and I wasn't expecting you to jump like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He, he does a good blend of um, 
somewhat storytelling, somewhat hypotheticals, like the most memorable one. I'm not saying it's the funniest, but like it's he goes on hikes now. He's like, I'm 50. I go on hikes now. Mm-hmm. That's what I like doing. And then he's like talking about like all the different people you see on a hike. There's the people that are like, you're again, a joke every comedian has ever done it's like there's people out there that they don't need to be hiking because they've already reached it and i just look at them and say you're done like you've like so many comedians have said that but they did have like the a lot of other funny ones it's like the young people that are like doing it to take pictures and then there's little people and then he started making like the oval he started walking on the stage as an oval Mm -hmm. and like talking about all and it was pretty funny so it was almost like he was telling this, weaving this hypothetical story that like well, how his brain works when he goes out and this is why he goes hiking and everything, um, which I thought was like it was very well woven and very well written together. And then kind of like a little like off the top, like improv, he's just like, that's why he's like, that's why I get paid the big bucks. He goes, Netflix built the oval just for that joke. He goes, I'd like to He's like, that's how much money I have or how much pull I have. And he's like, ah, that's not true or anything. But it was it was pretty good. Um, the beginning, like I said, the first like half really good. I liked, I wasn't belly laughing at everything, but it was like poignant. Yeah. It was like, I, I classify it as like, it wasn't an unpleasant watch. I didn't like not enjoy it. I just wasn't like crying, laughing at it. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't like a ball hog for, and I think you offer a very good point if you take it on a larger scale, which is like, really good comedians like we bring them up all the fucking time i feel like i just say this list every time but like bert tom joe um ari fucking even like jerry Patton, all of them they're all offering you their best bits are the ones that are offering you a little peek into like how their brain works in certain situations yeah and like that's the funniest thing like uh, did you watch two bears one cave this week no okay well it's Tom and Bert, and yeah. they were talking about how, um, like, when they're driving, how they can paint a profile of someone just by their car. Mm. And, like, how if you see, like, someone's mirror broken off and it's just, like, duct taped on, like, that person really doesn't give a shit about their life right now. Yeah. Like, they will wreck this car and walk away from it. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're, like... they're a danger on the road because <clears throat> they don't really give a shit. Yes, exactly. Um, and, like... I, it was a completely relatable because I was like, I const- if I see a car with like no bumper because that's just fucking illegal here, I'm like, that person will gladly run me directly off the road because they don't yeah. give a fuck and yeah. they haven't gotten it fixed. Um, but I like, I think the peak inside the brain is the best, like, exactly. Of- yeah. Because it's relatable not only, I found that the hiking joke that Pat made not only relatable to, his demographic, him, basically, a 50-year-old that's kind of, like, told, or, like, it's, like, I'm 50, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like This I'm is my age, exercise like, now. And every 50-year-old can relate <laughs> to that. It's, like, yep, like, I need to do that. Like, I can't go into a gym and lift, lift free weights, or I, I can't go run a 1,000 miles. Like, he's right. I go on hikes, too. I'm a 50-year-old dad. I go on hikes, too. And it also goes, like, into his brain. Like, he's profiling all these people. There's the old people. There's the people that are in their 20s that are just taking pictures. There are the people who are way too fit to be out there or anything. That's relatable to the rest of us now. Like, he made a – that joke was very well-rounded in terms of, like, being able to be relatable to a bunch of different people. Um, Because I I do that, like, whenever I'm in a public space. I'm like, there are – 
XYZ types of people here, grocery yeah. store, downtown, out at a bar, yeah. whatever. And it just happens that like Patton, Patton Oswalt is a very like well-spoken, um, po- like, you know, poignant person that he almost like had your, his thoughts are your thoughts too. It's just, he says them a lot better and yeah. may add that little funny twist in there for the audience to laugh at be like, Oh yeah. Like I never thought of it that way. Or like, I, I he, he said something that was like so on point but outlandish and I would have never have thought of anything like that or something so it's pretty uh he's good in that regard but like he definitely lost the crowd that me too stuff and that kind of like that's what I remember the old the hiking bit and I remember the me too shit and I'm like yep mm-hmm. no. um you said you watched the first episode of middle ditch and shorts yeah the improv it was like it, I only had one laugh honestly Really, I, I love improv, but I was just watching them. I almost wa- I watched it just to see like how they did it. Yeah, I wasn't watching to laugh. I was <laughs> watching like okay, like I, almost like I wanted to take notes on it. Be like, so how does they get from here to there? Like, how is he going to respond to that? And then like I really like I almost like broke it down way too much, and it just wasn't funny for me because I was like focusing on it too much. I had one big laugh when like they messed up really yeah and like the other one had like a really good like we'll, like comeback to the other one messing up but like when the they... scenarios they painted i was just like oh okay <laughs> was it the part when uh they fucked up what the girl's name was yeah yeah that was the, i think it was like my Catherine. And like no i think i think your bridesmaid's name is Catherine. And like and i'm the bride right and they're like yeah you are it was like thinking about that as if it were a real situation but it's funny but it was because they screwed up and they like capitalized on it. I was the opposite in that I was like analyzing it, but not over analyzing it. And I like kind of like got sucked into it. And like, I was howling laughing. Like I was just laying in bed stoned, just like dying. Well, that, helps, though. that is a big part of it. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I really <laughs> applaud it because like, I love, watching improv stuff like whose line is it anyway is all improv and like the four people that are always on whose line is are so great at what they do that it's almost like <clears> it should be scripted yeah. um and so like to be able to take a step back and see other how other improv works like how middle dish and schwartz did it um i was like oh, okay like they're taking a different approach like i I saw it's like an improv show and I was like, Oh, are they going to do how they did it? Who's on where it's like, they just go through different scenarios and they like basically stop a bit. They just did a full 45 minutes of the same bit. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, I'm, I've lost attention a little bit to it because it was all one long thing. I, ha- I had some preview cause I'd listened to an interview with Ben Schwartz before I watched it. So I kind of knew what to expect, but I also didn't know what to expect at all. But like the way they managed to do it. And then <clears throat> In the second episode, there's one part where um, Ben Schwartz, like, hits basically, like, a callback, and Middleditch doesn't catch it at all, and is completely baffled by it for, like, a good five minutes, and it's so goddamn funny. Really? Uh, I think you just, you need to, you need to do weed and watch it. Uh, Or, or, yeah, I just don't need to psycho, since I've already seen the first one, I don't need to psychoanalyze the second one. Yeah. And break it down and see, like, oh, how's the how is the craft? How are they crafting this whole thing? Right? I do think it's, like, it's super interesting to watch, A, how they, like, build characters and scenarios. Yeah. Because, like, 
Oh, I enjoyed that. One. I enjoyed how big they made it. Yeah, and they they're just like running around and they're like, "Who am I?" and like, blah 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 blah. And then the first one, the whole bit about like short paws, so they have to stand yeah. on chairs and they just keep making each other get up on the chairs is so fucking funny to me. Well, I, the funniest thing was too is like, it's like, oh, like it's oh, I think Middle Ditch like doesn't know he's about to be short Paul, and Ben Schwartz comes in and he goes. Paul, right? And he looks at him and goes, oh. And then starts to swing his feet. He's like, yeah, I'm sure, Paul. It's like, the re- that is that was a funny part. It's like the realization of like, oh, the other guy's making me this character. Yeah. So what am I going to do to show everyone I'm that character? And I'm swinging my legs. Like, so that I'm, my feet don't touch the ground. And also, like, I was just very impressed. Um, I watched a little bit of the last one last night, but I wasn't super into it, so I just stopped it. Like, I was like, I'll revisit this one. I'm going to more receptive headspace but like their just chemistry is incredible yeah. like they it's just like, are inside each other's heads at all times like george and gill basically yeah yeah exactly i would love to see a george and gill improv show uh, well have you been listening to um, yes the podcast um the, the season finale was very funny uh, that was a season finale i didn't know no there was one that just came out the other day it came out on yeah. like sunday i listened to all i've listened to all of them I've listened it, to the most recent it, one, but I didn't know that that was... Literally, it said season... The title was season finale. <laughs> but, um... Oh, we are getting... All it says is that's... Oh, it is the final episode of season one. That's your funeral. Yeah. The one before it, though, was when they started singing the song about, uh, like, the subway and, like, Gil's, like, gonna fart on everyone or something. Like, and Gil's gonna fart on everyone, and I'm Gil, and I'm gonna... Yeah, I love that one. Um, so fucking funny. Yeah, I'm I'm mad that I didn't know that that was the end of the first season. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I also, also started... did you hear that they gave a shout out to Joe Rogan at the beginning of yeah. it? Shout out to Joe Rogan, He's making all that money off Spotify and gives us the room to do whatever we want. Thanks, Joe Rogan. <laughs> or he's like he's, he's like he goes out. Our next sponsor is the E Train with <laughs> all of the wet seats. Is that someone's diarrhea? No, it's just spilled Pepsi pooling at the bottom of the seat. Thank you, E-Train. <laughs> I love everything. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, Speaking of I sponsors, started, as I we started. go into our last bit of this podcast, um, we are brought to you by Random Release. Random Release is a seventh-month-old startup that has found a niche market in a Bluetooth device that will unclasp the seatbelt of one of your passengers. Whether you're looking for a fun prank for your buddies or a way to make murder look like an accident, we have you covered. Visit releaseyourfriendsandfoes.org for more information. For legal advice relating to incidents, please contact our friends at Assault and Battery. We can't promise it's going to be good legal advice, but it will be legal advice. Wow. I love the combination of those two sponsors. That's like showing like the synergy that our podcast actually brings to like this. Um, We have a community, some might say. I, fun fact, I actually used to own the um, releaseyourfriendsandfoes.org address. I used to own that domain. Um, um, Mine was more of, um, you know, like a a, a wild animal reserve type of deal. So mine was like, you know, you got a friend, a pet friend that you don't want anymore, or like you got some sort of rabid raccoon, you can release them into my backyard. Um, and, um, my dad and my brother will have to handle that. So release your friends and dot, um, dot org was then repurposed for, um, you're right. The Bluetooth, um, seatbelt 
release uh, murder device murder yes. device um yes. i'm glad they're off and running with it i mean i had that for six years um not much it wasn't the, the my business never got off the ground but i'm glad that theirs did with yeah the, there uh, wasn't a whole lot of traction but we're things are starting to turn around yeah. GoDaddy was just like take it off our hands yeah yeah please please um yeah no it's they've been doing pretty well i mean it's a startup seven months so we're going to see where they're at. Um, I think they are still a private company. Um, hopefully they're going to go public sometime soon and maybe throw a little stock our way. But, you know, we owe some good stonks. Stonks, baby. So do we want to do um, top five off the top of our head? I'm down. Uh, so, it's not going to be off the top of my head. It's going to be off the top of Google. True. Because I don't um, know any fucking dogs. So dogs, since this is the puppy podcast and I got – brought Rosie in for the beginning and got scared by her peeing in my girlfriend's lap um, <laughs> a couple minutes ago. Um, we're going to do a top five list of, um, you want to just do like TV movie dogs. Yeah. Like just like the best of yeah. the best dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a second There's to like round up at least like three good ones on this. I'm going to do, I'm going to try to do only ones that I've seen. Yeah. Um, but my number five, Coming in at a massive, some might say, 35 feet, 7 inches, and weighing in at approximately 1 ton, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Classic. Just an absolute wagon. What a guy. Also, transcending, like, like a book, a short story, then a book, then a TV show. Yeah, I think. Does he have a movie too? Uh, he probably. probably. He's definitely if been. Winnie the Pooh has movies. Then he's got to have one. He's definitely been mentioned in movies. You know, like mm-hmm. an adult movie where it's like I got to read my kid Cliff at the Big Red Stupid Dog. But uh, great dog. I'm, I'm dog. Oh. My fifth, my number five pick is going to be um, Eddie, the Jack Russell Terrier um, from Frasier. So Frazier's dad is a war vet with a limp and he has a little dog named Eddie and Eddie, whenever the dad would like leave the chair, Eddie would run up into the dad's chair and just like curl up. And it was like classic, like just great dog. Also would give a little sass sometimes to Frazier, which is much needed because usually Frazier, if the, I think the sass with a combination of sassy Niles and Frazier, the two like sassiest sitcom characters ever the dog eddie actually outshined the two of them in sassiness would just throw it right back in their faces it's incredible um i think my number four is gonna have it's a very similar one Mm. my number four is cheddar from brooklyn 99 i haven't i haven't watched a lot of brooklyn 99 but i do know cheddar 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 is great cheddar um just Cheddar is Captain Holt, and that's what I hope one day uh, Rosie is just you. Yeah. Like, I want Rosie to take on, like, all of your attributes. All of just my, like, laziness. And, yes. Because like, like, eventually a dog just becomes you. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I hope so, too. <clears throat> I also hope that she doesn't become me, because sometimes... <laughs> Um, my number four dog is going to be the, um, some might say the all purpose dog Goddard from Jimmy Neutron, the robot dog that can literally do anything. He's got like a, like a, some sort of like electromagnetic 
energy core in him like iron man he can also fly around he's like a you can turn into like a rocket turn into he's a robot you can do you can do whatever he wants but he's a dog it doesn't really talk that much it's just like so goddard is an all-time one goddard what are we on number three yeah you're number three yeah This is a tough one. Hi. Mostly because I can't find the picture. Yeah. Off. Is Rosie going to be your number one? No, well, she's not on TV. She's not famous yet. Yet. We're working on it. Uh, my number three is Slinky from the Toy Story. Oh, that's a great one. He is a little bit of like a like a wimpy dog, but like he's like he's is integral to the show to the movie. Yes. And no, he's like and, a, and in. In every plan, he is a big part. Yeah, I think every movie they somehow like climb up him or something. Yeah, I was just about to say they throw his like ass out the window and they climb down it, climb up it. There's Slinky is actually you're right. Slinky's like pretty. He's a he's like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, he he's just a team player. He's a glue guy. He's a locker room guy. Um, and you know when you need that that single in the bottom of the ninth tie game, yeah, Slinky is there. You need that stolen Um, base. He's got you. Yeah. Um, number three for me is going to be. This is getting tough. Yeah. We may have to edit some of this out because I like need a sec to like think. Oh, um, my number three is um, Triumph, the little puppet dog that used to be on MTV that had the cigar <laughs> in his mouth. That's a really fucking good one. I'm proud yeah, of you for that. He's like, like super. You want to talk about sassy with with Eddie? Just like, not even sassy. He's just like a jerk, but he's like hysterical. He was like Eric Andre before Eric Andre. Yeah. Just like punking people in, especially celebrities, randomly, like making them like want to rip the dog off the hand. Triumph yeah. was badass. Yeah. And Triumph, I think he came back for a period as a Conan O'Brien segment. Yes. If I'm did. correct. I think he went to the World Cup one year. <laughs> of course I he believe. Did. Um, but I remember he got we were in a bit of a, a progressive time when Triumph last was around and he got a little bit uh oh, sexually yeah, yeah. Har- harassy. Yeah. He was known but for also he's a, a puppet dog, so like yeah. So really you're only blaming like a human. It. yeah so fine. like hey no no biting my toes bite dad's toes no your number two my number two is the dog from john wick oh that's a that hurts because yep. i that dog is like like um you want to talk about an integral part to a story that John Wick dog has led to a lot of death. <laughs> a lot of death. But like then a lot he of also people aren't alive right now because of that dog. He gets a second dog though. So which one are you talking about? Are you talking about the first one that gets killed and leads to a rampage or No, 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 no. His first dog was named Daisy. This is the pit bull that he rescues at the end because he kills everyone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> no, that's that's yeah, that's a badass dog. Yeah. No, that dog fucks. And that's the one where I think he goes to that the fucking hotel in like the second movie, and he just tells it to sit, and it just sits there for the whole movie. Yeah. Either and that. No, 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 no. 
uh, it sits there for like a scene, but then um, he ends up just having the the guy at the desk take care of it. Yeah, and the guy That's at like the desk is like... the guy from The Wire, I think. Uh, Isn't he the like um, captain or like commissioner? Maybe I haven't seen part two in a while. I forget. Whatever. Yeah. What do you got? Um, badass dog. Mom, shoot. My number two, um, my number two is actually going to be um, a little controversial. So my number two is going to be Jabberjaw from Jabberjaw. Um, he's actually just a shark, but he's literally a dog. Okay. He basically, he basically plays the role of Scooby-Doo, but on not Scooby-Doo's show. Oh, he I helps solve think about Scooby-Doo. Fuck. He helps solve mysteries. And he can he's an animal that talks, but like literally they rub his tummy. He goes place fetch. He eats a bunch of food. He talks like Scooby-Doo does, but he's just basically like a cooler Scooby-Doo. He's basically like a shark Scooby-Doo, which is badass. Perfect. I mean, like, we'll take it, I think. We're going to have to get some feedback from the listeners as to whether or not that's a, a, a real answer. But, um, yeah, um, I was trying to figure out whether or not that guy's from fucking the wire but he has too many uh tv credits t- for me to scroll through and find yeah. um my number one and i just want to preface this by saying i didn't do this at all off the top of my head i did this off of a top 40 list that i found mm-hmm. it was the first google result so i didn't do any thinking about this but yeah number one serious black wow that's huge yep that one, one. That's a really you. You definitely won the top five just off Sirius Black. Legend. He's legendary. I, I would argue that he might be my favorite B character in all of Harry Potter. Sirius Black is really, really good. Like he, he may be mine too. I do love Fred and George. Um, those are re- those are really good. But I yeah, they're really good B characters. But Sirius 100%. Black is like Fred and George are a, a, a total screen time, maybe twenty minutes over all eight movies. But Sirius yeah. Black has some like good screen time. Well, Sirius Black is like a major part of what is it like three, four, and five, and then he dies. Yeah, and he's probably he's obviously a little bullshit more too. People forget that Harry Potter really was sort of like the Game of Thrones, where they were just kill they would just kill off important characters. Yeah. They'd be oh, like, yeah. yep, nope, okay, that character's gone. And then, like, half of the people you love die in the fucking last one. Yeah. Because doesn't, like, Lupin die? Um, Lupin dies. Dumbledore um, dies Fox, in the sixth. Fox dies. That brutal. Lupin um, and Fox. Dobby dies in the seventh. Dobby is a free elf, Rosie. Um, my <laughs> number one, um, gut-wrenching, but it needs to be up there. My dog, Skip. <clears throat> Frankie Muniz poured his heart out and that dog poured his heart out too i'd never cry i haven't watched that movie um in well over 16 years because i still think i would ball my eyes out at the end yeah i can't never really, seen that. can't take a dog dying in a movie can't really if it's like a sad death like a like a marley and me or a my dog skip where he it's like they just pass for natural causes and they've been just the best of boys ever I, like, I can't. Yeah. Can't take it. So, my dog Skip is up there, and he's a badass. He got kicked, and then um, literally, like, ripped, like, a dude's leg up. 
Like, Hell yeah. Like save the day. Most dogs save the day, but like my dog Skip is like a, he's an OG. I want a dog like that. Yeah. I would love to get like a pit bull. I like, I know the whole like push of like, don't get pit bulls. Like they're aggressive, but then they're not aggressive. I just don't think I could handle that much dog. Like that dog is That's eating, fair. that dog is eating a week's worth of my, my dog right now's food in one sitting as a puppy. Like yeah. they're both eight weeks old and a pit bull is eating so much food. If you didn't get Rosie, what would be your ideal dog? Husky. Husky, yeah. That's but they the... shed everywhere, but I could deal with that. Yeah. I think it's like, like Riff Raff has huskies, and I feel like that's the kind of life you need to lead if you yeah. have a husky. It's like, yeah. Huskies are just like so, like, they're like lions to me. They're like majestic. Yeah. You know, they're, they're wolves. They're basically like one step down from a wolf. Yeah, they're badass. But they shed everywhere, and I heard that they it takes a while for them to get out of their biting phase, which is like, I really can't do. Yeah. I can do barking. I, think, I can't do biting. I think a lot of them also have problems because they've been so inbred. Yeah, exactly. That too. There's a lot of, I heard that there's like a lot of health issues too. We have a Husky that lives down the hall from us that I'm pretty sure is blind and deaf. Maybe. Wow. Because it just walks around like, and then it goes, ah, there's a, there's a small like part of me that every work. time, like I talk to Rosie, I'm like, mm, are you deaf? Are you blind? <laughs> like, I know she isn't, but I'm like, mm. like, did we get a defective dog? <laughs> we have, can we, but... can we return this? <laughs> oh, no, she's great. She's asleep right now after yeah. almost pissing everywhere. And she's yeah. good. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that we haven't covered? I feel like this was a short episode. Yeah, um, we're at like a minute, under a minute twenty. It's pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'm gonna take over a minute twenty, but. But uh, yeah, I mean, this has been the Toronto Stone Podcast, the um, Puppy Podcast, with some some little interruptions, some pee breaks, some some spooks, some scares, some classic. Um, just hijinks, you know, the yeah. classic Trolling Stone pod podcast hijinks. Exactly. So um, hopefully on this weekend we can do another one too. Um, yeah, I'm try down. To get some, try to get something done. Um, if like an album drops and we'll like try to plan it out ahead of time. I think on the horizon, our next big podcast that like we take our time. Run the Jewels. With, is Run the Jewel. Run the Jewel 4. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for more Rosie Tatum on the airs. Um, please, again, um, we want to thank our sponsors, uh, X Marks the Spot, and um, <clears throat> what was the other one release? Um, fuck. Why would I got to pull up the, the fucking we, ad read. We just so perfectly. Random release. Random release and X Marks the Spot. Two great sponsors that we want to keep. Um, so check them out. Um, they are legitimate and not something that Duncan made when he was drunk last night. It was two nights ago, and I wasn't drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That was too well-written for you to be. Yes. Well, um, thank you again for listening. Uh, keep it sleazy, and I'm out. Peace out, you cool cats and kittens. Cats. A lot of people ask me. 
Stupid fucking questions. A lot of people think that what I say on record or what I talk about on the record that I actually do in real life or that I believe in it. Or if I say that I want to kill somebody that I'm actually going to do it or that I believe in it. Well, shit. <laughs> if you believe that, then I'll kill you. You know why? It. No. She's making her first appearance. No. I know. Cause I'm a criminal. With a jagged edge, it'll stab you in the head. Whether you're a fag or less, at a homosex, a math or a trans event, pants or dress, hate facts, the answer's yes. Homophobic, nah, you just heterophobic. Staring in my jeans, watching my genitals bulging. That's my motherfucking balls, you better let go of them. They belong in my scrotum, you'll never get hold of them. Hey, it's me, Versace. What? Somebody shot me, and I was just checking the mail. Get it? Checking the mail? How many records you expect in a cell after your second LP sends you directly to jail? Come on, relax, guy. I like it. Child, help us destroy these demons. Oh, please send me a brand new car and a prostitute while my wife's sick in the hospital. Preacher, preacher, fifth grade teacher. You can't reach me, my mom can't either. You can't teach me a goddamn thing, cause I watch TV and Comcast cable. And you ain't able to stop these thoughts. You can't stop me from topping these charts. And you can't stop me from dropping each march with a brand new CD for these fucking retards. Ooh. And the thing, it's just little old me. Mr. Don't give a fuck, still won't. I'm a criminal. Every time I write a rhyme, these people think it's a crime to tell them what's on my mind. I